are y'all doing? I'm Michael, joined by Alex as always. How's it going? And this is another episode of Falling Through Plot Holes, a podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good today. I've been enjoying video games. That's great. I have also been enjoying video games. It's Super Bowl week when we're recording this, and Mm -hmm. one of my favorite weeks of of the year, mostly because that's when the NFL gets its absolute dumbest. Yeah. Being a league that uh, really hates controversy, trying to do its best to drum up controversy between the two teams and horrifically failing at it. (laughs) Oh, this head coach has a chip on his shoulder about being fired by the other head coach. What does he have to say about it? Oh, yeah, no, he he fired me, but he brought me in and was very nice and gave me a bunch of recommendations about where to go next. And he was actually really kind about it. And like, we still talk every day. Man, what controversy is going on here? (laughs) Beef. Quite the beef. That was a real story between Dick Serrani and Andy Reid this week that ESPN ran as literally headline number one. It's great. It's absolutely wonderful. And it really got me to thinking about how, um, boy, the NFL is actually kind of a boring league, Alex. Mm, yeah. It translates to like how I kind of feel about sports games in general. Like, Alex, how do you feel about sports games? Uh, in general, I think sports games are fine. Mm-hmm. I think they're fun to play, fun to watch, you know? Mm-hmm. They're fun. Yeah. I, I pr- personally prefer... As little personal injury and traumatic head damage as possible, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, me too. As, as a nurse, I am anti-head uh, damage in most people, I would say. Mm-hmm. Let's say 99 to 100% of people. Yeah, that's a good number. Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah. And me, I, I have a love-hate relationship with sports games, Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly with the uh, football sports games. Now, I really love, like, the early history of sports games, but, like, when it comes to, like, more recent games, I honestly find them incredibly, incredibly boring buggy messes. Oh, yeah. Um, and I I also think, on that note, that recent ones have very much suffered from a lack of competition. Mm-hmm. Meaning the one entry in any given sport uh, just sort of gets to let itself slide into garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They just kind of hang out and don't really bother to innovate. And on top of that, more and more, the respective leagues that are, you know, licensing out their you know image, their players and whatnot to these particular sports games have gotten gotten more involved in like making sure that they're presented in a good light. Like take the Madden series, for instance. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, it used to be a lot more a lot more crazy as far as like the franchise mode and whatnot with like players doing things like holding out or like being like i don't want to play in phoenix that's a terrible city <laughs> stuff that like does not exist in the madden series anymore because you know nfl went oh that kind of looks bad the people who own the arizona cardinals are kind of upset about this and you know it, it ends up making it like a, just like a less fun experience overall because Sports games are not exactly games that are known for their plot in the first place, right? No. But one thing that I really do like doing with sports games is, like, I kind of like making up my own story, like, with, like, the players Mm. and whatnot that I have going on in there. Mm -hmm. Like, going back to, like, doing old franchise mode runs of um, Madden 2005 or, or something similar. Right. 
like I like the idea of like, oh, I drafted this player and now I'm going to like slowly improve him. And maybe he's sitting on the bench, but eventually he makes it big time. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I kind of put myself in his shoes. Like, how would he feel about that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun to see like progression, even if it's not explicitly narrated, you can fill in a lot of those blanks for yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it's something that we had that we as a player have to do with these games because well, sports games really just aren't the first thing you think of when it comes to plot lines. Mm-hmm. They're largely focused on being sports games, uh, right? Which is either they're going to be trying to simulate a sport or trying to make like a fun arcadey sort of version out of it. Mm-hmm. And these take a lot of time and effort, and a lot of times these games are on a very short time frame as far as like turnover. Nowadays, it's year over year, uh, right? And even when it wasn't, I mean, it was still like, hey, you have two years to build a competent sports game. You're not going to be thinking about plot in the first place if you're a newcomer to it, like, you know, Konami did or what have you. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty much exemplified by nearly all the sports games that are released in the 90s. Like, once again, a lot of these games like NBA, NBA Live or NFL Game Day were released yearly. And with like all these tight schedules, you were lucky to get something as complicated as a season mode or something mm-hmm. similar. Right. Now, this also leads us to the final problem these games had when it came to building a narrative. Once again, as time went on, they increasingly moved towards realism and simulation style gameplay. Mm-hmm. And when they started getting more real world likenesses, that meant using the likenesses and names of real people in these games. Right. This causes a bit of an issue. We've already touched upon this a little bit in that most major sports leagues, they care very hard about their image and the image of their players. Mm-hmm. So like the idea of like Madden 95 having a story mode about Brett Favre overcoming adversity and what painkillers and whatnot was never going to happen, right? Right. Or even a fake player doing that was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if the, there was a discussion held by developers like to do this, they had their hands full. So if you wanted to have a story in sports games, you, once again, you just kind of had to make it up yourself. Right. Now... This still had a little bit of an issue like in the olden days, like the days of Tecmo Super Bowl and whatnot. Like you could only really play like a single season in these games. Mm -hmm. And with that, you really couldn't see your players as they go through their careers. They slowly got better and then age kind of took hold and their skills started to grade. So this kind of limited the sort of like creativity, at least on like a more wide scale basis. Like, you could be like, oh, man, I'm going to finally get the Jets to win the Super Bowl. But you can be like, OK, are they going to repeat this year? Because it's like, well, you have the same players right. playing the same opponents. It doesn't mm-hmm. really hit as hard. Now, this is going to change in 1998, though, with the release of Madden 99, a football game developed by Tiburon Studios and Electronic Arts. Now, the Madden series was basically the leaders in the licensed football uh, games competing with the likes of Sony's Game Day and Sega's NFL series. And the big reason for this was not only for their stellar gameplay, but for its innovative game modes beyond a simple season mode, because Madden 99 is where they introduced the franchise mode. Now, franchise mode is where you can play essentially multiple seasons, but not only that, you draft players uh, from college, you can trade them or cut them to get yourself underneath the salary cap or to make your team better, uh, you can watch them get older. You can make difficult decisions about having to, you know, get rid of them to get you know, younger talent in. Watch them retire. You know, hire coaches, fire coaches, do all sorts of things. Uh, even relocate your team to an entirely different city. Hmm. 
like this was a pretty big deal for people who like me who like to imagine like their Kansas City Chiefs finally getting good in the mid 2000s and winning a Super Bowl. Right. My one of my favorite memories actually was from Madden 2005. I, I drafted this cornerback first overall. It turns out he was a bust. But, mm-hmm. like, he managed to stick around on the team long enough that eventually, 10 years into his career, he finally started. And I was like, man, right. that's super cool. Look at that. He finally made it. Mir Thomas. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's it's really validating for playing the game like that, that the developers took the time to make a mode that kind of has no purpose other than to do things like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't radically change actually playing the game. But it supports your ability to, you know, evolve a single session of gameplay into a more interconnected storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it totally does. It totally does. And while it's maybe not something that it's not really an experience you can share with other people, it's at least something you could experience yourself and mm-hmm. and enjoy the fact that, yeah, once again, you got this player finally like actually starting to leak uh, as a coda to that story, by the way, it ended up being very tragic because the first year that he actually started, uh, my save file got corrupted. Ah, <laughs> uh, darn. And, and then all the save files got corrupted. <laughs> <laughs> and then, unfortunately, I uh, I stopped playing that in 2005. Kind of sad, but oh well. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Now, this was a this mode was a huge deal for a number of reasons. Uh, it was such a good idea that every sports game is going to steal this and refine it in one form or another. Uh, game Day's GM mode, for instance, is just going to be this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like other series like NBA 2K are also going to have their own uh, franchise-like modes. NBA 2K is being the association mode, for instance. Mm-hmm. And once again, it gave players a greater reason to be interested in their team. So we entered the 2000s, and Madden continues to hum along as the industry leader, and their franchise mode continues to get better and better. Once again, they introduce things like being able to relocate your team to, like, Alaska or whatnot. <laughs> or, you know, like just do, like, other wacky things like the owner mode, where you can, like, adjust how much, you, like, the prices of hot dogs are and listen to fans as they get angry that it's expensive to park at the stadium. <laughs> now... That being said, it did start to get a little stale after a while. I mean, once you're digging into the idea of, like, maybe we should charge how much soda, how much it costs to buy a soda at our stadium, you're, you're kind of maybe starting to hit rock bottom a little bit. Right. Like, it's either that or you start going full-on simulation, which mm-hmm. I would have probably been okay with, actually. In 2005, though, they decide that they're going to have another innovation in this game. And this is maybe the biggest one for our story today. The introduction of Superstar Mode in Madden 2006. Mm. You've heard of Superstar Mode at all? It sounds familiar. This Around this time, I was sort of vaguely following sports games. I wasn't super into them, but like they'd come up in EGM and stuff, and I'd be like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'd just sort of keep an eye on what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. You would hear about how they introduced the truck stick and whatnot. Right. Be like, oh, that's cool. Anyways. Well, Superstar Mode, which was introduced with the truck stick in this version, actually, hmm. was on its face really simple. You created your own player, and then you would follow that player's career as he gets drafted to a football team and works his way up the roster. Hmm. You would then do things like negotiate your next contract, force a trade, and uh, also actually play Madden. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It was, a, it was a really weird mode because you would not only just play as your own player, but you'd also play as all the players. You, you literally right. just played 
a, a game of Madden. Like they wouldn't restrict yeah, yeah. you to just be one player, mm-hmm. which is kind of silly in retrospect. But you know that by itself is not too crazy, right? But Alex, right. oh boy, does it get weird quick. Uh huh. They had a lot of ideas for this. And they wanted to take some level of control away from you as far as creating your own player. Mm-hmm. So in order to generate your character, the game auto-generates your parents. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, good. yeah. And it gets real stupid real quickly. Oh, this is the silly garbage I love. Oh, yes. So, like, you have a mom and dad, obviously. And, oh. like, you, you get three traits. Your dad's job, your mom and dad's job, their hobby, mm-hmm. and their IQ, which they are literally just thrown into a random pile. So you can get things right. like your dad is a world famous neurosurgeon whose hobby is key diving, but his <laughs> IQ is below average. It's 83. And it'll literally say his IQ is below average. You're like, oh, I have conflicting feelings if I have <laughs> get brain surgery from this guy. Yeah. Or like your mom, who's like, she's a homemaker. She doesn't do anything. Her IQ is 154. Mm-hmm. And like, you can get other things like, oh, your dad was a Hall of Fame quarterback. So obviously it's, the game's going to recommend you should be a quarterback or what have you. Your mm-hmm. stats will be tailored towards that. But then like some of it's like really, really it's just strange. Like one of my favorites is like, like my dad is a reality show host who's in, into exploring caves. And the mom was a plumber whose hobby was mm-hmm. plumbing. <laughs> just like I just love your job that's great yeah sure <laughs> so all of this stuff this entire like you know playing out your own story having a franchise mode creating your own character mm-hmm. is all very reminiscent to me of tabletop rpgs like dungeons yeah. and dragons and this is basically the equivalent of building your character by rolling dice on eight separate tables mm-hmm. and going with whatever the first result on each one is. Mm-hmm. Yep, it basically is. It is like bridging that gap for like sports game fans of like, yeah, like hardcore D&D. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, creating your character sheet and whatnot. Right. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I love it. And they're going to scrap this so quickly, by the way. <laughs> Oh, but I don't want them to. I don't either, because honestly, it's going to be within a few years that Superstar Mode is going to be the most boring thing in the world. Yeah. But at the start, they got a lot of ideas, and boy, the ideas just keep coming. Because right. you end up uh, creating your character and whatnot, and like it'll recommend you a position. You can pick whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, they include the ability to be like a Superstar Kicker or Punter, <laughs> which is really great. <laughs> Um, yes. It's especially great because they are going to very quickly take away the option for you to be a superstar kicker or punter. Which, yeah, right? Why, why are they making their good ideas boring? Because they're like, well, nobody wants to play as a punter. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I absolutely do. Yeah. Especially when you get to the Maddens where they're like, okay, you're just going to play your position. We're going to skip the rest of the game. I'm like, that sounds like a really good way to get through 10 seasons of Madden in an hour. Yeah, yeah. make me the punter. Let's do this. Yeah. Like, uh, idiots, what are you doing? But also, you've got to assume that a lot of people are going to play through this, like, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, you can be one of these three positions. I've been all three of those positions. Yeah, right. Let me be a punter. I haven't done that. That'd be cool. Let me be offensive line. Why not? Like, yes, it's stupid and there's not that much to do, but screw it. Yeah, yeah, screw it. And also... 
even when you're quarterback, there's not that much to do. You're still just going to be playing a lot of Madden. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's very sad. Like like everything that EA touches, they just eventually get more and more boring with it. Yeah. You also run into the thing that tabletop RPGs also run into, which is when you need to fill up eight different tables as a game designer, mm-hmm. you're going to have some weird choices. Oh, yes. So like, oh, your dad was a plumber. Great. How does that have any bearing on anything? It somehow does. It factors into your stats <laughs> in this game somehow. I don't know. <laughs> and that's my favorite is when they have to justify those seemingly inane details through gameplay is mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this this gives me like plus five strength or whatever because my parents were grain millers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rad. <laughs> oh, my dad was into magic, like literal like magic. So I guess I'm just better at being <laughs> shifty. My agility's up. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, it's absolutely great. And it only continues from there, Alex. Because mm-hmm. right after that, you have to take the Wonderlick test, which is a famous test in the NFL where they ask you incredibly inane questions. Uh, mm. And the questions in this are inane. You have 20 questions. Some are like logical ones like, hey, you know, you go one to two to four to eight. What is going to be the next number in this sequence mm-hmm. and whatnot? And then others that are like, hey, these are just filler questions that actually don't matter. But I know, like my personal favorite ones are like, "Hey, what's Carson Palmer's quarterback rating as of 2004?" I don't know, and why does it actually matter if I get this wrong? <laughs> and the answer is yes, it does. It's like, what? Who cares? <laughs> and so yeah, you know, you get that. You get your first agent. Um, they're all terrible, and then you start getting weird voicemails from known football people. Oh, rad! And by known football people, I mean Terrell Davis and Rich Eisen. Oh, I bet they were really, really good in the voice recording booth. They were first pass, 100%. Uh, yes. And the best part is that Terrell Davis has zero trading at this. Rich Eyes <laughs> has at least been on TV by this point. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's even better is that they put, like, a phone filter over, like, Terrell Davis and, like, the other people yeah. who call you. They do not put a phone filter over Rich Eisen. Rich could not be bothered. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I forgot about this era's penchant for celebrity athlete voice recordings Mm -hmm. that are just all the most uncharismatic. Oh, yes. I don't know how to talk into a microphone recordings of all time. I do not have time. We are going to do this first pass. That's it. Yes. They're so good. It's so great. It's so great. Terrell Davis, by the way, cannot leave you alone. Like, literally, after the first week, you have, like, nine voicemails from him. And you're like, I don't know you, buddy. <laughs> Go away, please. Like, hey, let me tell you about the Performance Institute. You should care about your appearance. You should go to the barber shop. Like, great, Terrell. Stop calling. How'd you get my number? Oh, it's the best. But, like, probably the worst thing that comes in this is it comes in the mode of your webmaster, Dexter. Because you have a website. It's great. Of course you have a webmaster, because it's 2005. Yes, it is. And like 2005, this is a football video game that's very uncomfortable with the fact that it's a video game. Ah, yeah. So Dexter is a long-haired nerd whose voice is the nerd voice from any popular movie you've ever heard. Yep, yep. 
Like, he just cold calls you and says he's going to stalk you. And then every time you hit a milestone, he's going to do a painting of it. He's going to have it on his website. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's and he's like very like awkward and whatnot. And he's like, oh yeah, no, the, the the websites are weird. It's like, yeah, I know, man, it's great. It, it's 2006 <sighs> was a really weird time in games, Alex. It sure was. Oh man, because like games were starting to get really popular, but at the same time, it along with the internet was still had sort of the stigma of being lame. Mm-hmm. And like Madden, and a decent amount of people who played Madden really kind of struggled with that. Yeah. So it tries so hard to wink at the player and be like, oh, we might be a video game, but we're actually for the cool kids with like <laughs> shit like Dexter or like one of your parents traits is like they're the producer on the hit game Sim Nerd. Because, you know, the Sims, it's for nerds and uh, oh. it's, it's a popular game we make here at EA, but we're uncomfortable with it in our football game. It's so it's, it's sad. It's really sad. They're... Because also the fact that this is an EA game of this time specifically, mm -hmm. I feel like there was a department at EA who was in charge of what I'm going to say coolness. Yeah. So when when it came time to like, uh, you know, create the DJ for the Burnout 3 radio or the SSX 3 radio. Mm -hmm. This department decided what he sounded like and what he said. Or it was like, oh, this is this is how you appeal to the jocks and the sports fans. Is uh, you make you make jokes about nerds. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. They they looked at Steve, who's in the corner of his backers baseball cap. But he's he's wearing a T-shirt, but he has a tie. It's crazy. Oh, man. And they're like, what song should we put in SSX3? And they're like, it's tricky. It's like, all right, we're going to do that. It's, it's great. It's great. What if, we need to do something with our with our football game that can make it like really cool and like make it seem more street. Why don't you just call it NFL Street? All right, let's do that. It's great. Yeah. It's, oh, I miss the EA Department of Coolness. Oh, yes. Man, EA was so, they were so popular and yet so sad at the same time. They really were. Oh, man. man. So, yeah, regardless, though, Superstar Mode was a pretty big success for EA and Madden. Mm -hmm. In spite of it lacking basic features such as only playing as your character. And it's mm -hmm. going to go on to be a fixture in the Madden series. Like, it would get additional features bolted onto it, such as mm -hmm. having to actually go through the NFL Combine. But Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like many features in Madden, it just sort of languished as the years went on until another mm -hmm. company decided, huh, maybe we could do something with this and do it better. Yeah. And now it's finally talk time to talk about the topic of today's episode. NBA 2K's My Career Mode. Hmm. Alex, how familiar are you with My Career or NBA 2K in general? So I know that NBA 2K is generally regarded as the Madden of basketball games. Yeah. Uh, it is sort of the go-to gold standard of the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and is the pretty soundly beat out uh, EA's, I believe, NBA Live? NBA Live and NBA Elite. Yes. Oh. Uh, yeah, sort of, sort of beat them out to rule the court for many years at a time mm -hmm. and for a while before uh 
you know, before various exclusivity contracts happened, the 2K series was EA's biggest competitor and sort of their primary driving force in terms of keeping quality up. Yeah. Yeah. NFL 2K uh, was a hell of a series as well. And actually, we're going to get into that a little bit. But just to get to the end of it, it it was often regarded as being better than Madden. Like yep. the, the bells and whistles in Madden, like the franchise mode and whatnot were considered better, but like the core gameplay of NFL 2K was considered basically unimpeachable. Mm. And yeah, NBA 2K is much the same way. NBA 2K is maybe the greatest sports series to ever exist. Yeah, I from what I've heard, I believe that. Yeah. And even if it isn't, it's certainly the greatest basketball series out there. Uh, developed by Visual Concepts, it began life in 1999 on the greatest gaming console nobody bought, the Sega Dreamcast, as part of the <laughs> Sega's initiative of, what if we made literally all the best sports games, like Virtua mm-hmm. Tennis and NFL 2K, an initiative that was incredibly successful in making incredible games that nobody played, because, once again... They were on the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast. Oh, the Dreamcast had so many good sports games. The Dreamcast just had so many good games. Also that. My God. It existed for two years, Alex. Yep. Mm-hmm. Two years. And there were so many just excellent games for it. It was like we did literally everything right and then nobody bought it because we made the Saturn before this. Yes. Uh, Our Sega's continued existence of putting out only Yakuza's games is our ongoing punishment for not buying the Dreamcast. To be fair, at least those Yakuza games are good. They are good. I'll give it that. But they have like 50 classic franchises that mm-hmm. are just buried in graves under their floorboards. No, don't worry. Um, they're going to be making that new game where all the classic franchises are coming back, but as pretty ladies. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. I'm so excited <laughs> to watch each of them die again. <laughs> you and me both. Uh, we're never going to get another Skies of Arcadia. Never. <laughs> uh, now, despite all of this, when the Sega Dreamcast did die a horrible death in 2001, like NBA 2K alongside <clears throat> NFL 2K were some of the series that would survive and go on to appear on consoles such as the PlayStation 2 and would still be a critical, if albeit not quite huge, financial success for Sega. Now, it was such a not-quite-financial success that eventually, by 2005, they had enough and sold visual concepts and a 2K license to and branding and all that to Take-Two Interactive, a company that had been previously mostly been known as the publishers of the Grand Theft Auto series. Mm -hmm. Eventually, this company itself was going to make a subsidiary called 2K Games and would go on to manage all uh, Take-Two's interactive properties, read video games. NBA 2K is going to go on to be a dominant force when it comes to basketball games from this point on. In much the same way, Madden will be for football. Uh, there's going to be very little real competition. Uh, and not because necessarily they're going to get an exclusivity license like EA is going to get with Madden, but rather right. because EA is going to be terrible at making basketball games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Visual Concepts is going to be incredibly good at making basketball games. That's not to say that like companies like Nintendo, Sony, and once again even EA would wouldn't feel competitors. Like Nintendo actually is going to make a couple of very good basketball games with Angel Studios, the hmm. NBA courtside games featuring Kobe Bryant. Hmm. Uh, but regardless, eventually they're going to get out of all that, and yeah. nothing was going to come close to 2K's popularity. Regardless, 
and it's going to have a very Madden-like track through its development history, up to and including the developers resting on their laurels and making a hard pivot into making you pay for nearly every aspect of the game you already bought. <laughs> it, it it sucks. I really like basketball games. Mm-hmm. I don't have a huge history of playing them, but the ones I have played are just, it's just fun. Yeah. Like, basketball makes a good video game. It turns out, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, hey. football, sorry, football is okay. Mm-hmm. Like, the like in-person football, a lot of football is, like, strategizing and mind games. Yeah. But basketball and, I would say, hockey both have this back-and-forth energy that translates really well to video games about moving the ball around the court, you know, passing and shooting and precision and picking your moment. Yeah. And if I would go as far as to say is if there was one genre I wish would make a comeback, it's racing games. But if there's a second one, it's basketball games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need more arcade-style basketball games. Absolutely. We absolutely do. Like, I want more weird games like Looney Tunes B-Ball and Barkley yeah. Shut Up and Jam and all that. <laughs> or Street Hoop, the great Street Data East Hoop. game. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, it's basketball is just perfectly tuned for a video game, it turns out. Yeah. And one thing I will say about NBA 2K, that unlike Madden nowadays, mm-hmm. The actual basketball in NBA 2K is still incredibly good. Mm. It just tries to nickel and dime you the entire way through right. in a way that is not fun. Mm-hmm. And for like their franchise mode, or the association mode, they also like did like a really, really good job of just being crazy with it in a way that the mm-hmm. NFL would never allow. Right. Like you could change rules and whatnot, have them instituted in the next season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like you're. I, I forget, like, some of them, like, some of them, like, hey, you want to make the shot clock, like, be less than 24 seconds? Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Why not? Who cares? Or, like, how, like, the um, franchise mode in most Madden games, like, bugs out after about eight years or so. Because mm, mm-hmm. the code is basically string that a cat plays with. Right. That has existed since it was first introduced. Pretty much, yeah. I'm sure there's Madden 99 codes hanging out in there. But Probably. NBA 2K is like, what if you just wanted to go for 80 years? And mm-hmm. we stop you because after that, we're just like, why are you still playing this game for 80 years? <laughs> yeah, so like they like really go hard on this, which is really going to what set us up for when they eventually decide, man, that superstar mode in Madden looks really cool. What if we decided to do our own little mode and called it mm-hmm. My Player? So My Player is exactly what it sounds like it is basically the superstar mode for basketball Mm. now by today's standards nba 2k10's my player the first year that was introduced is very antiquated and featureless but by the standards of the time it was a revelation alex Mm. because by that point madden was pretty content with having a superstar mode consist of your player going to the nfl combine then the draft and then you play football Oh, yeah. Eventually, you'll negotiate a contract, and then you'll play more football, and then, like, nothing really crazy happens to it, because, once again, the NFL's very controversy-adverse. Right. It it is too big and too profitable to invite controversy. Exactly. Exactly. So it ends up being a very boring mode because of it. Mm -hmm. So It is also—sorry, I was just going to say, it is also— 
the NFL is a very team-focused organization. Yes, it is. It is. And that's actually a really good point to bring up. Like, one of the reasons why my player is going to work out so well compared to, mm-hmm. like, Superstar mode in Madden is because of just how how basketball even works in the first place. Yeah. Basketball is a personality-driven league where one player can mm-hmm. have an incredibly huge impact. Like, mm-hmm. Le- like LeBron James was capable wasn't still kind of this capable of taking his team all the way to the NBA finals, even if they're kind right. of terrible around him all while, you know, being the 100% face of the franchise and also, you know, being able to have the freedom to ex- you know, be like out there saying his views, doing what he wants to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. In a way that the NFL just would never allow. It, it really wouldn't. And as you said, like the game of football sort of doesn't allow people to get that big. Yeah. Like, no one in the NFL, no matter how popular or how talented they are, will ever be as big as Michael Jordan. Exactly. Yeah. There's there is no way. Like Tom Brady does his best to try to get to that level. Mm-hmm. And it's like in terms of like absolute dominance on the field, yeah, sure. Yeah. In terms of like popularity and whatnot, uh right. absolutely not. In terms of people having your poster who have never watched basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a reason why the Dream Team in 1992 mm-hmm. like helped helped to kickstart like a basketball revolution in uh in like Eastern Europe and in Africa and whatnot. Yeah. Like something that already had kind of been getting started but got really supercharged by them because it's like it it's a bunch of like cool personalities being out there doing cool stuff. Yeah. And like the NFL would never allow somebody like Charles Barkley to exist. Right. Like if like anybody like to the level of like Charles Barkley showed up and said, I don't know who Angola is, but they're in trouble. <laughs> they would get fined into the ground. Like it would not happen. But like that's just like, oh, Charles, you're great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like stuff like that or Allen Iverson's like practice speech uh, or like just any like anything that like happens with Rashid Wallace. Like. Mm. It's what makes the NBA cool. There's a reason why the NBA offseason is just is is just as cool as like the like the NBA like actual season going on because right. so much weird drama and controversy happens <laughs> that you're just like hell yeah yeah. This is a bit of a tangent, but yeah, that's a big reason why it's like a superstar mode in basketball makes even more sense than something in football. Mm-hmm. And my player is going to recognize this and is going to do as much as possible, even if it's in his first year, to really emphasize this. Like, not only are you going to participate in, like, stuff like scouting drills before the drafts and scrimmages and all that, uh, but you're also are going to, they're also going to be like, okay, how well did you do in these games? How good are you actually playing basketball? Oh, you're good? Okay, maybe you're going to get drafted. But if you slip up even a bit, like, your coach will be like, hey, man, you kind of suck. We're sending you down to our development league. (laughs) (laughs) Or we're going to cut you. Or we're going to just straight up trade you. We don't care. Like, right. In superstar mode, you had so much control over like whether or not you were even at the top of the depth chart, much less if you're going to get traded or whatnot. That mm-hmm. that like um, NBA 2K was not afraid to be like, "Nah, you suck. We're you're trading you <laughs> to Milwaukee." Oof. Yeah. So this isn't really that big in the grand scheme of things, but for something like like uh, these modes as they existed back in t- 2009, 2010. Mm. This seemed like a big deal. Made you seem like an actual player in the NBA. Right. Well, because it adds a lot of flavor to especially the early game. Mm-hmm. It really, really does. 
Now, you probably do notice something is missing here. And that's the fact that while your player is going through all these trials and tribulations, it's all dependent on how you perform in the game. Mm -hmm. And regardless of whether you perform good or bad, there's not really an interconnected story to all this. You're still, if there is going to be one, you're making it up in your head. It's basically what we talked about earlier with franchise mode and just playing sports games in general. Mm -hmm. And if if you wanted that, that's cool. But, like, if you wanted something that, like, had more of a shared experience that maybe you could, like, talk with your friends with on the playground and whatnot, uh, 2K at first wasn't really interested in that. Mm-hmm. Now, and it's going to continue with NBA 2K11's My Player Mode. Like, they're going to include a few more things in there, but once again, not really a story. But one particular person is going to notice this. And he's going to try to take this to another level, and he's arguably going to change the way this mode is ultimately going to be perceived. Alex, are you familiar with a YouTuber by the name of Chris Smoove? I don't think so. I figured you wouldn't be, because this is a very weird niche of YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like, not an unpopular one, but one that I think we're just, I was actually kind of separated from, and I'm into, like, Mm. sports games and other weird stuff. Right, right. So Chris Smoove, last name spelled S-M-O-O-V-E, is a basketball and video game YouTuber of some renown. Uh, He, as of this recording, has about 5.1 million subscribers on the platform. All right. And it consists mostly of playthroughs of current video game releases and NBA news, usually packaged in two to three minute clips. His videos don't get a ton of views. Uh, They average roughly about 10 to 55,000 per video. Okay. Uh, but he is a prolific uploader. He usually averages about seven videos a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's, he's putting them out there. And it's usually one yeah, video yeah. game video and then six NBA news videos. His most popular videos do get in the millions of views. Uh, for instance, his most popular video has 38 million views. And he's been in commercials with celebrity athletes like baseball player David Ortiz and basketball player Tony Parker, which was not only his face reveal, but also confusingly for the video game Need for Speed Most Wanted. Okay, I mean, good game, but... Yeah, yeah, good game, but kind of an odd collection of basketball YouTuber and basketball player playing EA's most recent release. (laughs) Hmm. Kind of odd. All right, yeah. My point being with all this is that he's not the biggest YouTuber in the world, but he's gone places. Right. And he might be the reason this episode exists at all. So... To give you a little bit of background, he started his YouTube channel in 2006, although he didn't upload his first video to t- until 2008. Uh, he started in 2006 because he was 16 at the time, and he wanted to a- watch an age-restricted video of a woman shaking her butt. And gotcha. uh, yeah, no, been there. Yep. No yep. judgment. Can relate. In 2008, he uploaded his first video, a clip of NBA 2K9 featuring Ben Wallace, uh, the then center for the Detroit Pistons and notoriously bad shooter, doing a spin Hmm. move and hitting a mid-range jump shot. Something he was incredibly bad at. Simple stuff, but it was short, funny videos like this that did pretty well for him, so he kept uploading NBA 2K videos. Now, this is all well and good, but he's like not the only person like doing this sort of thing. Sure. And if that's all he did, we wouldn't be talking about him. But then NBA 2K10 came out with this My Player mode, and this is where Chris Smoove is going to make his big break. So earlier, we talked about how with some games, particularly sports games, it was up to the players to create their own narrative. Like, we've right. harped on this over and over throughout this. Mm-hmm. But one that couldn't be shared with others. Until now. 
in a very video game championship wrestling sort of move. Yeah. Chris is going to be like, I got a YouTube channel. Uh huh. I got a hot new game. Uh huh. And I'm like 19 at this point. So I got a lot of time on my hands. Right. So he's going to get to work and do something nuts. Uh, at first, it's not that crazy. He's like, first couple videos of him doing this are just showing off his players and whatnot. And, you know, doing some commentary on top of it. But then on mm-hmm. October 16th, 2010, I'm going to do something really, really interesting. I'm on my way. I'm ready for the NBA. Toronto, here I come. I got to get my mind right on this flight. I got to stay focused. Get real, lady. Get real, noob. If anything happens to this plane, this seatbelt isn't going to do a thing. Oh, that's so good. All right. Yep, this is good. Yeah, This is good stuff. That's really, really good. That's really solid work. You might have noticed something there. And that's the fact Mm -hmm. that there was a whole lot of cutscenes going on and a whole lot of not basketball happening. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you at home, this is a 90-second opening where Chris Smooth's My Player is shown taking a flight, settling into a new apartment, then driving his car to a game in a way that shows him clearly in control of the driving. So, like, not only is it a cutscene, but it's interactive as well. Like, people would comment, like, wow, man, the game actually has cutscenes like this? And the answer was, no, it absolutely does not. <laughs> <laughs> Our man just took footage from another game, uh, specifically Test Drive Unlimited. Okay, yep. Yeah, and he like just recorded the footage and did splice into his NBA 2K videos. And while it's not much, it immediately adds so much more flavor compared to what mm-hmm. he was doing previously. And people yep. are going to respond really positively to this. Like he's going to go from something like I think like 5K subscribers, uh, 5,000 subscribers up to over 300,000 over the course of like uh, the year that he's uploading these videos. So like he's going to like really take off because of this. And like as more NBA 2K games comes out and he keeps doing these videos and he keeps getting better and better, they start to get more elaborate. Like, there's one where he's just, like, walking around what's clearly Grand Theft Auto 4. (laughs) Yeah. In, like, an office building talking about, like, the old jobs. Like, he's, like, he'll stare at a computer screen. He's like, yeah, man, I used to be working this office job. It was lame. It was for noobs and blah, blah, blah. You know, this is what I used to do before I went to the NBA, man. I used to flip burgers. (laughs) Or like, there's one like he goes to like the hospital to like visit like a teammate and whatnot. He's injured. Be like, man, he's gonna be 100 for the finals. He told me, man. And like, it's just like super cool. Like, it's yeah, it's rad. Yeah, as he got better and like, you know, he started to like do this gimmick more and more effectively. People, other people started to copy this as well. Like other YouTubers. Mm. Like, and not mm-hmm. quite to the same level he would do it, but like, right. It was clear that this was a popular way of doing this, and this made NBA 2K videos just popular to watch in general even if you didn't play the game now for visual concepts these videos were a bit of a double-edged sword obviously all the free publicity is great you're getting a lot more people looking at these games and a lot more people buying these games too Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people who just are going to buy these games off of chris smooth's videos 
This is where the double-edged sword part comes in, though, because people will play these games. And you see in the comments, like, all these videos uh-huh. of people being like, uh-huh. I bought this game expecting these cutscenes or level control. Instead, of guy, I got a basketball game. <laughs> 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 this is a problem. Yep. You don't want potential new customers buying your product and getting disappointed. And it became very clear that Visual Concepts needed to do something about this. And Alex? Mm-hmm. In... 2013 for NBA 2K14, they decided to revamp my player and call it My Career and include an actual story with actual cutscenes. Yeah. Now, I don't have definitive proof that Chris Smoove is 100% responsible for this revamp, but I will say that a lot of the story beats he created for a series would end up in various NBA 2K My Career stories. And mm-hmm. his likeness and voice would be put into NBA 2K games <laughs> eventually as well. So uh, Rad. you draw your own conclusions. <laughs> and regardless, Visual Concepts now includes an actual story. Uh, it's also pretty funny. Uh, there was a video I watched in uh, preparation for this that talks about uh, Chris Moo's influence and whatnot. And he highlights mm-hmm. a lot of comments about people talking about, like, man, I really prefer, like, the old cutscenes from, like, NBA 2K11 <laughs> to 2K13. Like, can you just bring Chris Move back to just do that, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, for the first couple of years of my career, because uh, this is not this is not our main event, I should tell you, by the way. Okay. We're, we're okay. building to that. We're still getting there. First couple of years of my career, the story wasn't exactly the most outlandish thing around. Mm. It's also kind of hard to recap, which is why we're doing it here, because you mm. have a lot of influence over what happens in your career. If that sounds like a red flag, it is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in short, NBA 2K14, just to go over it, opens with your player on a basketball court, taking some shots and dreaming about being in the NBA. Then your best friend and agent shows up and you get ready for the NBA draft and get drafted. Various things can happen depending on your performance. Once again, you can be sent to like the NBA's D League or the G League, get cut mm-hmm. entirely and whatnot. All this happens while like being told by maybe were some of the worst cutscenes I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah. Now I don't have a video for this because this honestly would be kind of pointless because your main character is fully voiced and fully motion captured or whatnot. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that you could be drafted to any of the NBA teams in the league. Yeah. And he wanted to use the actual coaches and players that are on that team. They didn't want to get them to voice act, though. That's, you know, 30 mm. different coaches, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. 30 different teammates at minimum. So what they did is that they'll have your player emote and talk and be like, Coach, I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're benching me. And then it will switch to Lakers coach pantomiming as subtitles show up. They're like, I'm sorry, Jake, you're j- bad. <laughs> Oh, boy, there are so many ways to come at that problem, and that is definitely one of them. That is definitely one of them. Like, the real answer would have been, like, maybe they're just both, like, not voiced. (laughs) Yeah, that would work, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it would have worked, but they didn't do that. No, one character's voiced, the other isn't. It's really awkward, and I can't believe they decided this was the best way to handle it. Oh, boy. Ah... But not every character, Alex, is a mime trying desperately to tell you that you need to work hard to succeed in the NBA. Uh-huh. Because you have a rival. Ah, uh, good. Good. Yes, at the NBA's Rookie Showcase, a pre-draft scrimmage that exists to show off future players, you meet Jackson Ellis, or last name, last name. <laughs> yep. 
This is going to be easily the most sane name you're going to hear today, by the way. Damn. <laughs> oh, no. I, if anything, you should get excited. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, yeah, I am excited. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little bit bummed that his name is so grounded. It really is. Like, we're not going to go over this particular NBA 2K story, but I'm just going to just... One of your characters' names is Prez. Like, P-R-E-S. What do you okay. think that's short for? President? Oh, it's even better. Yeah? The president of basketball. <laughs> Good. Even better, in that particular story, your rival slash teammate is played by Michael B. Jordan. And I don't remember... Sick! Yeah, his likeness and everything. But what's even better is that, like, you end up forming a duo that's called Orange Juice. Oh, it's so good. It's, That's so good. It's so good. <laughs> that story is actually decent, though, which is why we're not going to be talking about it today. Uh, <laughs> Maybe one day. But anyways, you meet Jackson Ellis, and he's a rookie from UCLA. Plays the same hmm. position as you, and he's even as tall as you, so the cutscenes can line up. Yeah. Uh, he lazily confronts your player, saying he's not going to take it easy on you, and your player fires back, that he ain't nothing stopping me tonight. And he can, like, choose to push him or something. Uh, Jackson's whole thing is that every time you mash up with him, there'll be some sort of cutscene about how Jackson Ellis is going to take you down, and then he either does or doesn't. <laughs> like, if you win Rookie of the Year, he challenges you to a game of one-on-one on a rooftop basketball court, or, like, um, you know, like, if you end up, like, winning, like, the NBA championship, like, go over to your house and be like, man, you truly are the better player. Like, stuff like that. Now, one thing I will say is that uh, Will Blagrove, I, I hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, the voice actor for Jackson Ellis, uh, he does actually a really good job here. One thing, okay. That's one thing I will say. The voice acting in these games is actually really good. Hmm. Like, he is sufficiently intense and clearly puts more work into these lines than the writer did. Hmm. And I guess we should talk about the writers a little bit. It's going to be very brief because there's not really much to say. Right. Because uh, I don't know who actually did. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds par for the course. Yeah. Speaking of names, I'm probably going to mispronounce. Tor Unsworth and Reese Jones are listed as script writers uh, in the audio department, oddly enough. Uh, but mm. that doesn't necessarily mean they're the ones who wrote the script, uh, since there's like a lot of like flavor text that exists in other modes of the game. And right. I don't see anybody else that was listed, listed as a writer. Uh, mm. I will say their only other writing credits are for the NBA 2K series. So mm. probably not going to really get much insight as far as their writing styles or whatnot, because they don't right. do anything else other than this. Right. Except for Tor Unsworth. He worked on the localization for the Typing of the Dead, so if nothing else, I, I like him for that. Yeah, fair. Now, to wrap this up, once again, you win the championship, Jackson Ellis, you can, like, squash the beef and whatnot. And uh, I, I'm bringing him up a lot because he's, like, the weird connective tissue to the other NBA 2K My Career modes. Hmm. Because we find out via his official Twitter account, that's uh, still up, by the way. Nice. That he suffered a career-ending injury. He doesn't state how. And he becomes like a sh like a shoe salesman for like Nike that you can interact with and like uh -huh. other my career modes and whatnot. Mm. Uh, he's usually still like a jerk to you. So he's still he's still bringing that heat. Yeah, yeah. But like uh, I, I just love it because it's just dumb as hell that he got his like official Twitter account that like tweeted all throughout the like NBA season then inexplicably mm -hmm. stopped. And then like three months later, like, oh, hey, I suffered a career in ending injury. This is not the end of my story. <laughs> <laughs> like, great dude 
Thank you, fake oh, basketball player. That's great. <laughs> Not since Hoop God has a fake NBA account I've, <laughs> I've ever been into like a fake NBA account. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on the follow-up NBA 2K15, but I mm. did want to mention that they did change things up by having you go undrafted this time around and having to make a team during the season. Mm. I also want to talk about it because they saw that their weird silent cutscenes weren't that well-received. Mm-hmm. And Alex, they decided to have some players actually voice themselves. Yeah. Alex. Yeah, it's the best. Do, do you want to see some really bad cutscenes? I really want to see some bad cutscenes with bad athlete voice acting. All right. Let me... This one's really fun because this this person clearly, clearly, like, decided to have some fun with this Maya player, too. He's, he's wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful that NBA 2K gave you that option, and beautiful that this person did it. So let's go ahead and share my screen. The players, on the other hand, are going to be <laughs> Judgment. How's that? Oh, it sounds like they can barely. You got skills <laughs> to be a great player, but the proof will come between the line tonight. Time will tell if you can help or not. <laughs> oh God! The players, on the other hand, are going to reserve judgment. How's that? You got all the skill to make a contribution, but the proof will come between the lines tonight. Time will tell if you can help or not. This is my favorite one. This is my favorite one, though. Yo, what's going on tonight? I'm running free all over the court and you didn't give me the ball. Man, what are you talking about? They didn't even bother to lip sync it. Talking about making sure I get bother. my touches, yo. Make the ball, <laughs> teammates. Make the extra pass. Oh, it's so the best. It's the best. Boy, get out of my face with that, man. I do what I do with the rock for the good of this team. And I don't need nobody second guessing me. You ain't my coach, punk. That's the kind of selfish I'm talking about. Get over yourself, man. It really is. So those are real NBA players. Those are right. real NBA okay, players. Okay, so you know, are they as, acting? Uh, uh, Markeith Morris and whatnot. And I'll, I'll be including that particular video in the show notes. But for those uh, of you at home, it's basically just NBA players being like, hey, you should get better at, at the basketball while clearly doing a first pass through the script. And some of them... I legit wonder if they actually have like more than eighth grade reading level. It's it's rough. It's not great. It's not great. And like it's clear that like the developers at 2K also kind of didn't care because I I don't know if I'm going to include the full audio of us reacting to it. But there was like mm-hmm. one part where Markeith Morris like is talking about, hey, he needs to get the rock, man. And he's just bobbing his head up and down. He's like uh-huh. not... His, his lips aren't moving. <laughs> his lips are not moving. There is no <laughs> lip syncing on that cutscene. There is not. It's so good, man. It's so good. Oh. <laughs> oh. Now, Alex, you might notice a common denominator between these two games. Mm-hmm. They don't exactly have the highest production values. No, not so much. Now, NBA 2K15s in particular got roasted pretty bad. Mm. And oh, my friend, Visual Concepts was not happy about that. Mm. They're going to make NBA 2K16's My Career not just a mode where you play basketball and occasionally selects options such as Get Angry. <laughs> it was going to be a full-on cinematic experience. Perhaps one where you could, say, watch a movie in-game that literally could play back 
in it entirely in two hours of glory once it was complete. And Alex, if you're going to do this, who better to help you create this than legendary director Spike Lee? And next time, <laughs> we're going to talk about this as we go over the surprisingly influential plot of NBA 2K16. Alex, how you feeling? I feel good. This is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is this stuff is out there. I wish so desperately sports games were still this creative. Oh, like the funny thing is that they still like NBA 2K in particular still tries with this. And so does like Madden mm-hmm. and whatnot. They're going to. Right. People are going to crib from NBA 2K16's terrible story, like the way it's structured <laughs> so heavily in a way that's like embarrassing. Mm. Um, so at least for a few years that they're definitely going to go hard in that way. Uh, but yeah, th- there's, n- they're never going to get back to the level of just having some dude just be like, time will tell if you can make it. <laughs> like why did, why did like the, the, the director in the recording booth go like, Hey man, that's not how that right line's supposed to be read. <laughs> you, that was not a question you asked. I, I don't know if, well, I assume they had directors because, like, the voice actors are voice acting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's probably a case of like, hey, listen, we we you we got them in the studio for ten minutes, and then they they're right. gonna leave. So we just gotta bang it out once. I will say the one time like LeBron James actually shows up in this, like. He's actually, like, does a decent job. Like, it's not great. It's mm. definitely, like, right. media-trained, I'm giving an interview sort of thing as he tries to right. recruit you to his team. But it's like, boy, is it miles better than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, um, oh, man. When I was putting together this episode, I, I thought it was going to be, like, super easy to throw together. And that was proven so horrifically wrong. <laughs> but, boy, was I happy about that. Ah, But, yeah. Alex, do you have any final thoughts before we close this out? Just one. Um, I think it is it is a little bit embarrassing that it took visual concepts this long to get to this point, mm-hmm. and even longer to go past this point. Mm-hmm. And EA, meanwhile, never reached this point, as far as I can tell, with Madden's mm-hmm. franchise or uh, my career mode. Yeah, when Tony Hawk reached this point, like. Eight years ago with Underground and Underground 2 and mm-hmm. American Wasteland. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of sad that I mean Tony Hawk, innovator in many ways. The man Absolutely, right. Man like, did the 900, but Yeah. And the the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series in general tends to be miles ahead of its, you know, genre mates. But still those games are sitting on the PS2 kind of pointing at what if you did a ridiculous nonsensical career mode with cutscenes and voice acting? That'd be pretty And everyone goes, yeah, that rules. That'd be pretty cool, but man, Roger Goodell would get angry at us. So I yeah. maybe I'll just go through the combine and then you'll just you could demand a trade. Yeah. That, that's that'd be cool. We Yeah, it's it is kind of sad it took him this long to get to this point. Although uh the good news on the Madden part is that two years after this, they'll they'll, they'll do their own incredibly stupid story mode. Yeah. That we'll talk about one day. But yeah, that, that'll be for another time. In the meantime, if you want to listen to more episodes like this, you should go to ftp.podbean.com or search for Fallen Through Plotholes on your podcast service of choice. 
leave us a like or a review or a subscription or anything else on on said podcast or as a choice. We do really like the feedback and it definitely does help us out. But until next time, Alex, I appreciate this as always. Of course. Take care, everybody.